we're seeing who shall rise to the top and take control of this situation because clearly this administration is not doing it. They can't do it. They don't have the capacity to do it. I've never seen Trump shake more hands than he has (laughs) since this thing is really. It's like he's like smearing himself all over everyone. Um, And they're all old. And I'm like, you guys all need to self-isolate. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmari, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. So what do you want to kick off with? All right, you can you can kick it off. You can start. Okay, so I'm kicking off with this is our Contagion episode. Obviously, everyone is aware of what's going on out there, uh, the, the information, the misinformation, the panic, or the lack thereof, hopefully, yes. for most people. So, hi, listeners. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah. We are taking, we're out of the Hey You Know It studio and recording remotely. So, if you, if it sounds a little bit different, oh, because it is a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, I'm recording from the auxiliary Hey You Know It studio in the Bronx. Came yeah. from our, um, you know, across the river in New Jersey from the Hey You Know It New Jersey studio. That's right. <laughs> but we're coming together and we're here with you. Yeah. Um, and, and we're sorry about St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Sorry uh, about everything. It's, it's uh, shut down this year. There's no yep. parade. No parade. There's no anything right yeah. now. Everything is shut down. As I'm, we speak. Things are shutting down. Like you can hear things, you know, the lights are off on Broadway. I, I hope that everything that was supposed to happen now, I think we should just push everything forward. I think time and the calendar is not really important. And whenever we're ready, we just pick up from St. Patrick's Day. The first thing that should happen once this epidemic and pandemic is over is the parade, green beer. I you know. think you're right. Yes, we'll pick up from St. Patrick's Day and then move forward. And we'll just move there. I know this might mean that we're celebrating Kwanzaa in the middle of the summer, but you know what? It's fine. It's it's not really about the timing. It's about the feeling. That's right. And we're all about the feeling. Here, yeah. You know it. So I'm going to kick off with some feels from uh, our boy Elon Musk for Musk You, Musk You Really. And oh. apparently he must. Like, there is nothing... There's no national conversation happening that Elon Musk is not a a good part of. Of course, because what is a national conversation without Elon Musk? <laughs> exactly. So there was an article, apparently, this is fresh news. Okay. Um, Elon Musk sends memo to SpaceX employees scoffing at the dangers of the coronavirus, also called COVID. Am I saying that right? COVID nineteen. Yes, yes. COVID-19. I like the coronavirus. I've been using the emoji of a virus and a crown because Corona is crown in Spanish. Yes. COVID nineteen. I don't know what to use for an emoji, but Elon Musk says, and this is his tweet, and this is an official uh, Elon Musk statement that the coronavirus panic is dumb. Oh, is it? No, no. Period. Just it, it, he just put it out there. It's dumb. It's dumb. Um, yeah, he said it's dumb. He said that you have a greater chance of being run over by a car. I don't know if it's one of his cars or, <laughs> <laughs> or just cars in general than you do of, con- of contracting uh, the coronavirus, which is true. And I argue with this about people. No one cares about anyone's statistics if one of the things happens to be them. Yeah. Exactly. No, like, I don't care about a million out of one chance if the if the one is me. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, like, he's fine. He's got a lot of resources. He has a lot of money. He well, can... he thinks he's fine. I, a lot of rich people are acting as if their money and their ability to, you know, capture the public is going to stop them from contracting a virus. Yeah. <laughs> Naomi, apparently, Naomi Campbell was out there with a hazmat suit. Oh, was she? And there, you know, she a lot covered of rich all that people, up. Yes, yeah, a lot of rich people are flying. I think she was wearing pumps, though. Okay. Um, a lot of rich people are flying to New Zealand. I've heard and other places. I'm like, you're just taking this thing with you. Yes. 
I think I think it's the thing like we're all basically infected. Yeah. Like on The Walking Dead, but we're not yeah. going to turn into zombies, so everybody better stop it with the zombie apocalypse. And we all are schooled on this. I, all you hey, you yeah. know, listeners who have been with us for a long time already yeah. know you know what to do in that case. If but this, for some bizarre reason, does turn into a zombie apocalypse, we're set. But if it doesn't, we're, you know, pretty much at the mercy of of nature. Yeah. But back to what you were saying about oh. the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, that's, like, that's family of viruses, and that's what it's yeah. generally being called. But, yeah, um, yeah this one. All about the name, the, the nomenclature. Yeah, so COVID-19 okay. is a particular strain from that family. Let's think of it as the black sheep of all the coronaviruses. It's that, the worst of the coronavirus. Right, right. It's, uh, I just think they could have come up with something a little better than COVID-19 because I don't, I don't think that explains to people what it is. We need a name that is like the hot tub time machine of <laughs> virus names. It says exactly what this virus is. <laughs> anyway, Elon Messer's says, don't worry, it's dumb. Oh, okay. um, He says that, you know, like I, you probably you have, li- there's little reason to worry. However, if you work for his company, you have been told to stay home and to self-isolate if you've been in Italy, China, Korea, uh, Malaysia, Iran, Singapore, or Thailand. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, he's still saying it's dumb, and he has refused to give further um, commentary on that statement. Yeah, that's somebody who is in a little bit of denial, I think. Yeah, and also, I don't, he's not around a lot of people, I'm guessing. Or he's one of these people who thinks that he's not around the type of person, whatever he thinks that is, that might have the coronavirus. Right, right, right. So, yeah, how could he possibly yeah. get it? Because it's a disease of the masses, right? And I'm looking at the picture of him. And I do have to say, while I'm sure he is not at threat right now from the coronavirus, the COVID-19, his work is failing as we speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The grasp of him <laughs> makes his, it's time for him to, if he does go to a bunker, he should take his surgeon with him. I know, right? <laughs> for some touch-up work. Because <laughs> well, yeah, that, that Campbell Soup kid uh, yeah, got going on is needs a little little scaffolding, right? Yeah, and, you know, it's not aging well because, you know, we've never really seen what an old-ass cherub looks like. And <laughs> I think we're going to see it. I don't think it's going to be cute. No. If you know what I mean. So that's my, my must-you, must-you really. And I guess he, he musk. He musk. He musk. I, you know, he's gotten, he's getting a lot of ink um, over his connection to the you- coronavirus. You know what? I think it is we're so hungry for sound leadership. That's why any <laughs> voice. Yes, a tweet from Elon Musk. We're like, well, you know, it's something. It's something. It really is because it's it, we're seeing who shall rise to the top and yes. take control of this situation because clearly this administration is not doing it. They can't do it. They don't have I've the never, capacity to do it. I've never seen Trump shake more hands than he has since this thing is right. Really, it's like he's, like, smearing himself all over everyone. Yeah. Um, and they're all old, and I'm like, you guys all need to self-isolate. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not fans. I'm not fans of theirs. But yeah. it's like, you know, be smart. Don't assume that because you are who you are or in a certain position that this virus is going to be like, oh, well, you know, we're not really going for the corporate type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? It does not discriminate. It sees no it sees a person and says, That looks like a juicy host. I'm gonna set up shop there. Yeah. That's they all. seem they seem weakened yeah. in some way or another. Uh you know, here here we go. Um so yeah. Musk calls the coronavirus panic dumb. No uh response from the virus yet. <laughs> So what do you have? Well, as we know, what has um, captured, toilet paper has captured the imagination of the of the public. <laughs> I can't believe it. I've been telling people, if you're going to panic and run out and buy toilet paper, first of all, you, you don't need to. As long as there are newspapers <laughs> anywhere, you will be fine. Yeah. But do not buy the really, really soft toilet paper. You need to get as much, if, you, if you're if you panicking about toilet paper, you need to get, like, the Scott Rolls 
Yeah. 10,000 thin sheets. Yeah. into a small area, not four sheets of mint and cotton balls (laughs) wound around a gigantic tube. Yeah. You want the tube to be so, it's like a straw at this point. You know, as much paper as you can. So what have you seen about the toilet paper panic of 2020? This is, uh, I mean, so everybody is panicking about toilet paper and stocking up and um, leaving those shelves empty for people. And I saw it on um, PBS NewsHour, and they said it best. They said, we're seeing a lot of good things in people. Some people are behaving rather badly. Running, the able-bodied people are running to the stores and picking up all these supplies and, and hoarding them. Mm-hmm. And not giving a chance to people who may have a disability and may not be able to get to the store fast as fast as they do, or physically. who may need a mask because they are right. weaker right. already, or they're you know they have symptoms. And here you are walking around happy as Larry, yeah, and grabbing like four, four masks on, and you're like throwing a mask away every day, yeah, because <laughs> you have so many, yeah, you know, yes. <laughs> so they said, you know. Besides that, you have to stop that kind of that hoarder mentality and think about the other people and give them a chance to get to the store or help them or say identify those people and help them. But since the toilet paper shortage, it's not even a shortage. It's this. It's the plundering of the toilet paper. Have you seen people like like knock over a wheelchair to get to the toilet? (laughs) I just see no. I just see that the shelves are empty. But what's happening is that people are um, there's a new interest in the bidet. Now the bidet is uh, was invented centuries ago in France, and it never. I thought it was Italian. Okay. No, no. So it is. it's like it's a miniature, if any, somebody doesn't know or hasn't really seen lately, they're like a miniature bathtub-like fixture. It's, um, it's next to your toilet with taps on one end. Yeah. Um, and the person straddles themselves over it and to wash below the belt. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like and that. is actually a French word for pony, meaning, you know, like you straddle that pony. And that's how they go oh, over <laughs> That is not appetizing at all. That's <laughs> And I'm going to say that I'm glad you gave a definition of it. Um, I, I didn't grow up fancy. The first time I saw a bidet was uh, I went to a friend of mine's house who they were middle class, um, like, you know, like my family, but they were the father was from the Philippines. And it's quite common in the Philippines to have a bidet. It's yeah. not just some, you know, some cultures have higher standards for cleanliness below the belt, as you say, and they are, are one of them in the, you know, when performing your toilet. And I went into her parents' bathroom, and I saw this one toilet, and then I saw what I thought was another toilet next to it. I'm like, my God, I'm an ignorant person. (laughs) I immediately left, didn't mention it to anyone. I didn't use either of the toilets. I didn't know what to do. I went upstairs and used my friend's bathroom. I was like, in future, when I come to their house, I shall always use the bathroom on the second floor. Um, (laughs) I did not know how to use it. Uh, the second time I encountered one, it was like a Mr. Bean episode. Yeah, like it, 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 what <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was a nightmare. I made yeah. a mess of it. You know. <laughs> I know. I had my encounter when I lived in Aspen, and um, one of the homes that I was the people that I worked for, they had them in the bathrooms. And okay, they were fancy because it's yeah. like a fancy thing in the U.S. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, I've, I've heard of these, you know, and I too was like a, a monkey with a, uh, you know, whatever, to try to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Did you but figure they, it out? I think, I, yeah, I figured it out. Okay. You turn it on, you see the water shoot, and you figure out what to do, and there you so go. How is this? Uh, creating, uh, how is the COVID-19 creating uh, interest in a bidet? And how quickly can these things be installed? Oh, well, there are kinds that you can buy on Amazon. There are several different brands. Um, Of course, one brand is rising to the top. I think they're called Tushy. And apparently they have it. They have it. And you, you can install it yourself. And it takes like apparently like 10 minutes and you install it on your own toilet. And you can, ah, so you have you get the bidet function, so the spray function, yeah, is it merges with with your own yeah. existing toilet. Yeah, yes. that sounds to me like something you need to remove before you have a party with drinks at your house. Yeah, that's what I was like. I don't know if I'd double 
do double duty on my toilet with a bidet, make it a bidet too because yeah. come on, quite frankly, Wash behind the, the closed door, <laughs> you know the stuff that goes on. You know exactly. There's like gas and all kinds of things come out, and I don't think that that's going to not go in the bidet nozzle. Ah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, yeah. I was just thinking that I, all of the things that I've heard to protect yourself from this virus have involved very simple washing your hands. I know people are freaking out about hand sanitizer, but there's this other thing called soap. Yeah, this other um, hand, that thing, you, soap. You can do that as well, but not touching your hands, not touching your face. I haven't heard from the CDC or who or anybody that I need to keep it extra clean where I sit. Right, right. But this is about this is about the toilet paper thing. Oh, oh okay. So I didn't make the connection. Instead of using yeah. toilet paper, I think okay. it's going to make Americans because you know how we love to use toilet paper. When you start to travel, you realize that like we use much, much more toilet paper than everyone in the rest of the world. Oh, it's. True. Um, I think people will use the toilet as normal and use you know half a roll of toilet paper for that, and then they will fire up the bidet, and then spend another five ten minutes, and then the other half a roll like. You know, dry. Yeah, I think so. It's it's like I'm all for a bidet. I just want my bidet oh, sure. from my toilet. That's all. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Unless unless there's some somebody else can tell me how. Because I haven't. I honestly haven't. Like I've I never do seen a deep dive into a bidet and how they function. I haven't when seen two in one. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So that's that's something. But the thing is, it was like, why didn't bidets ever take off in the U.S. and mm-hmm. um. No, but during World War II, when troops were stationed in Europe, GIs would visit bordellos and often see bidets in the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. Which they they should be. That's like one of the top places to have them. Yeah, and so they began to associate them with sex work. Okay, so then they felt weird when they went back trying to present these fixtures to their homeland. And then also... um, some people tried to use it, and it's an, uh, as pregnancy prevention, trying to, you know, get cleaned up after having sex, thinking <laughs> that would stop a pregnancy. Oh, wow. All right. So that was associated with a bidet. And then um, and then uh, it helps with clean up after, like, during menstruation. Yes. I was going to say that's one of the, like, all of, a house of prostitution is a great place to have a bidet because of the number of vaginas that are there. Yeah. Not because of what they're engaging in, but, you know, there are a lot of women there. And yeah. it can be refreshing. Right, right. And so it's a yeah. nice way to clean up. But, however, the bidet was associated with with um, bordellos, menstruation, um, and and uh, birth control. So all no, these things were taboo. No, and, none of these things that people like here. We like our prostitutes to just try to rinse themselves off with a small sink. Yeah, in the corner, but <laughs> <laughs> slightly lower. You know, yeah. that yeah. is very inconvenient. Whereas a bidet is like you're done, right? Yeah, and then you prop a foot up. Right. Right, and so they over the years that since then they've tried to have this bidet catch on in the U.S. and it just wasn't catching on. Um, Can you imagine them going around like I don't know, Francois? What's happening? He's like, I don't know, man. I'm doing everything I can. These people are just not buying it. It's almost like they don't want to be clean. Yeah, right. You know? And I know that in the Middle East, when I was in Dubai, they have a different version. They have like yes. the hose next there, to the, the toilet. Hose, I like the hose. Yeah, I think I, that's a great solution. It actually took me, uh, when I was in Cairo, I was I happened to be with actually a bunch of guys. And I went into the bathroom. I was like, this is really embarrassing, but I don't know, you know, what's going on here. And they were like, okay, well, they explained it to me. And I was like, this is a, a wonderful idea. This is yeah. easy. That's something I could see, the little hose, something that I would probably attach to my toilet here before I would try putting in the, the whole bidet. Yes, I agree with you. I, you have yeah. more control with the small hose, and it was refreshing. It's hot yeah. there. Oh. You know, it's hot. <laughs> and you you have to remember, too, in a lot of cultures, because of the type of, of the heat and the garments that you wear, yeah. the undergarments are different. Right, right. Well, they provide a little more air, let's say. Okay. So a rinse off is very refreshing, and it's not like you're putting on, you know, 
a pair of tight boxer briefs afterwards that are going to absorb moisture. You're just right. on your way, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's something that is now, I'm just looking at the different shifts that we as a society may be heading towards. Do you think that after, because one of the positive things uh, about the coronavirus or COVID-19 in New York has been that the city is now actually cleaning public transportation every 72 hours. And I'm like, wait a minute, when were y'all doing this before? Like, never? Oh, oh, come on. You've been on the subway. And listeners, if you have never been on a New York subway, they I assume dirty. it was every 24. I've seen people cleaning the subways. I don't want people to think that the subways are always dirty all the time. Because mm-hmm. I, I live at the end of the line. So, obviously, I see the best and the worst. Yeah. Right. But I've I've been I've gotten on subways I've seen them cleaning regularly but I assumed it was a daily thing. Yeah, yeah. I never. Apparently, it that. was less than every seventy-two hours, which is you know for a city of nine, ten million people bumping around, a little shameful. Yeah. Regardless of you know whether there's a virus around or not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know it's true. So do you um, think it's gonna get we're gonna be cleaner going I forward? Or you think it's gonna like fizzle out? Well, it depends on how long we are in this situation. So we're just starting, and apparently we have to reach a peak yeah. with the infections, and then it goes from there. And listeners, when you're listening to this, I mean, things are changing by the hour. So this is going to be a very quaint episode by the yeah. time it reaches your ears, actually. And, you know, I some of you may not be aware, but we are not scientists or epidemiologists. Just when I'm confused, I'm interviewing you like an expert because you know it's respectful. But really, we're just—it's conjecture on our part. Yeah. Uh, So uh, now we're off the toilet paper. What do you have? Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the panic shopping. It's kind of toilet paper related. Okay. Um, I've never done panic shopping before. I grew up in an extremely rural area. And we always had food for a couple of days because, you know, that's how things were, mm-hmm. right? You didn't want to be, there's no bodega. You can be running to the store. The store is closed early. And yeah, you I don't have remember, a lot of delivery happening. Yeah. yeah. I, and I remember whenever they would say, oh, there's snow coming, my mom would be like, look at these fools. Everyone running for bread, milk, and eggs, you know, the things that are probably going to go the fastest. Mm-hmm. and this is because of the panic buying. Right. Um, so I was like, well, what's the, you know, I've always dismissed it as irrational, but uh, an article that I read said, um, you know, people do panic shopping because it's uh, an attempt of them to have some kind of control over what's going on. Ah. So while people don't have any control over the weather you know, natural disasters or uh, disruptions in the economy or, if you know, there's something going on like a virus, they can't control that. And they think, okay, well, at least I can control how much food I have in my house. Yeah, that's But true. this goes along with this is America, so it's like, what do we do when anything happens? We consume, right? Yeah. We start shopping. So basically... You go when you go to the supermarket or the corner or the store or whatever CVS, and you see that the shelves are becoming empty. It like incites uh, a panic in people to be like, "Wait a minute! Everyone else is buying toilet paper. Like, should I be buying toilet paper? You know what? I better just get some toilet paper." Yeah, exactly. That's right? what it turns into. I, I better just get some. And they also say it, it creates uh, it's ritualistic and it creates a bond. So it's like Katie's panic shopping. I'm panic shopping. You know, Priscilla is panic shopping. We're all panic shopping. We're all in this together. It's like, well, do you expect anything less from Priscilla? Yeah, I mean, frankly, I probably shouldn't have brought her up, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Panicky Priscilla. Yeah. Um, panic shopping Priscilla. <laughs> yeah, that's her. So the what the psychologists at the end of the article say after the discussion of this, because it makes sense to me, is they still don't understand, though, why people are buying things like bread, eggs, and milk rather than, like, potato chips, chocolate, and wine. Ah. Because okay. for me, a panic shop does not involve something like oatmeal or peanuts. Okay. A panic shop is like, will there be Toblerone in a week? Right. <laughs> I'm a panic shopper from the 80s, apparently. <laughs> Toblerone. Yes. And will there be tab? You know. <laughs> 
Right. We've got to make sure. I, You know, I don't even have my alcohol set up yet. Are you kidding me? We have, as I was saying earlier, six cases of wine. Oh, that's not... Um, rosé, because this thing might go on into the spring. True. Well into the spring. And I don't want to be stuck drinking a Cabernet. That's right. Like, That's right. Yeah, when no, it's warm out. Because already as we're, as we're recording this, it's the schools are all closed until April 14th, I think. Yeah, so the co- I live around a bunch of colleges, and then the college students, one night, it was like a random Tuesday, I was like, why are they, everyone's having a good time, they're partying, school had been canceled. So their uh, response to it was right to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> and I say right to the, you know, to the corner store to get the booze and whatever. And they were just having a grand old time. They had a good time for a couple of nights. Now they're kind of, like, depressed. Yeah, because now right. they're like, what do we do? Because the novelty has worn off. And now yeah, the novelty has worn off. They're stuck. Those who are living off campus are stuck looking at each other. Oh, they can't God. go on to campus. There's nothing to do. There, some students are, if you want to stay on campus, you have to petition to do so. And I, I always, people were like, why? Look, when you're in college, sometimes you don't have somewhere to go. You know you're right. I mean? Like, I had plenty of friends who they lived at, in the dorms, and then in the summertime they had a job where they could live there or they lived with someone else. But they couldn't, you know, they couldn't just go home. Mm-hmm. There wasn't always a place. Yeah. That's right. In New York, there was a there was a struggle with the with the um, with the schools for the for the younger children. And oh they, yeah, parents are panicking. They people can don't know if they can stay home with their kids. A lot of people don't want to. And imagine now, you yeah. and your your partner and your children are all stuck in your tiny apartment. Yeah, and not only that, but just some of these kids are basically like homeless that go to school yeah. and they go live in shelters. And what are they going to do all day? Also, um, a lot of them get their food. They might yeah. be getting their only good meals yeah. at school. And so, not just, uh, like not just the homeless kids, but just like low income. Low income. Come from yeah. Low, yeah, and so that's a thing. And De Blasio is like, you have to think about that because they may not eat otherwise. And so he's trying to come up with a plan. But in Hoboken, what they did for those kids, they have you guys are centers over there. You know what? I really have to give a shout out to the the man. No, it's not Dawn. It's it's one of her protégés. Um, ah, the young man. Yes, I'm an old person now. I just called someone a young man. <laughs> and I and I agreed with you. Yeah, <laughs> like he's so young. No, Ravi Bala is his name. He was the, okay. he's a Sikh. And oh, that's was, right. maybe you remember he was one of the first Sikh mayors in, in yeah. the U.S. Anyway, so he has he and his team have come up with a plan where they are um, they have a center. And between like 830 and 1030, the kids can come in and pick up their breakfast and lunch for the day oh, and nice. take it with them. It's all backed that's, up and ready to go. So to to this conversation, I've been thinking about there are these are problems that we need to have solved regardless of an epidemic. Yeah. So I think a lot of the is, issues yeah. now, like homelessness, we're looking at, you know, poverty, um, hunger, these are things that need to be addressed so that when something like, whether or not something like this comes along, you know, we, we can handle it. Well, I think that what it's really doing, it's like sunshine is the best disinfectant. Yeah. Uh, is that the name of the show now? <laughs> yeah, sunshine is, in fact, the best disinfectant. Yes, and so we're finding all this out, and I think it's really going to um, inform the public and help them define what leadership is and what a plan is. And, and well, we're we're lucky though because we're in an area where there is, I think, strong and competent leadership. Mm-hmm. I I don't know from what I'm seeing in other parts of the country that everybody has that situation. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So I, like I see. And also, we have there are a lot of people. We're in a major metropolitan area, so this idea that we can just go back to our houses is not. It doesn't matter. Like it's almost impossible to isolate yourself in New York. Yeah. Right. Like even just going, if I just go into the hallway in my building, I could run into multiple people. Right. Right. Um, so you know, we have to come up with other other ways to you know kind of protect ourselves. Um, so what what do you have? Oh, okay. So, um, what I, we're talking about this. Um, talking about virus. 
talking about all viruses all day, but um, social isolation or social distancing, what we're what you were just mentioning. Um, are, they, are they synonyms? There is a thing where it's, they are synonyms, I believe, uh-huh. from what I'm saying. Like you have to, oh, whatever they call it, they want you to self-monitor yourself to just make sure that you're. Oh, my God, this word self. Can we just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it started with self-care. Now self is being stuck and everything. So just Thanks. monitor. First, monitor yourself. Um, social distancing is its necessary to flatten the curve of the coronavirus because yes. people are like, some. I hear people saying, everyone has to stay home, but nobody has it. So it's stupid. And it's like because, well, you don't know who has it. And but it's just, all, that's why people are not spreading it because they're at home. And that's called flattening the curve. Yeah. Not for them. What we're basically doing, like it's it's now here, and if we don't oh, all stay it's home, been here. it's, it's been here, and yeah, yeah and it's it, what's happening. All these cases are blooming now; yeah. they're coming to the the forefront, and we have to make sure that it's our hospitals and doctors are not overwhelmed, and that these people can get the care that they need. I hope so. I feel like our hospitals are already overwhelmed. Yeah, um, my my biggest. A fear is like I have, you know, my worldview is a little bit different. I'm not really worried about anything because uh, I feel like I, there's nothing I can do. But you know, I feel like the the problem is going to be when people start wanting to get wanting to get tested, start exhibiting symptoms, and they go to the hospitals. I mean, when's the last time you were at a hospital where it was just something regular? It's no. a, most hospitals are you know there's not a lot of capacity. Right, right. So now what they're yeah. do, they're trying to, they're scrambling to set up um, protocols for this. And this is what mm-hmm. I know to do. And um, what you do, if you do feel sick, you call your doctor. Yes. You do call them first in. and you talk about your symptoms. And then if then they will send you, they will tell you either to stay home and medicate or telemedicine. To, or to yeah, or to go to, and they'll tell you where you can go and where you can get tested to see if you have it. And there are going to be there's drive-throughs that they're setting up, so you can drive in and get oh, yeah, swapped and keep that. going. Yeah, that is a fantastic idea. Yeah, there's um, going to be different things like this set up, so you go and you don't contaminate other people, but you can get the help you need, yeah. and it's not a case of triage like in Washington State. What's happening? Yeah. So yeah, you. The worst case scenario is that you present yourself at a care facility or hospital or something, and you have it, and now you're spreading it to people who are there for other reasons and mm-hmm. are already compromised. Yeah, right. Who are already weakened. Right. So we're trying to flatten this curve and try to, like, at least stagger the outbreak because it's already here. A lot more people are going to have it, and mm-hmm. we just have to stagger those the bloom of it. Um, so we, so the hospitals and the healthcare workers are safe as well. Um, but this is why we need to have, you know, a real healthcare system. I hope people are starting to, like, regardless of what your political beliefs are, because I'm not always 100% down with that idea, but I'm like, this is something that the government actually should be handling is health. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and if they can't handle, that's, see, that's the danger of electing, like, idiots, right? Yeah. If they can't handle these basic things like health services that no one else no one else can handle this. That has yeah. to be like a government. Unfortunately, we have to rely on our federal government to do things like that. They actually need to focus on that and show us that they are experts in that. And I'm not I don't have a lot of confidence in that. I have confidence in the local localities, you know, municipalities, states and <laughs> our um you know, doctors and things like that to get things done. But I haven't seen any coordinated effort. And I'm a little shocked that, like, you know, they're not telling people really what to do yeah. in a uniform way. Like, we're yeah. hearing what, you know, Cuomo was saying and what, you know, well, this is in the New problem. Jersey, what your governors and mayors are saying. But, like, where's any leadership? Well, that's, yeah, that's rhetorical, rhetorical question. It's un- well, we all know what, I mean, yeah. the highest leader- leadership is incompetent right now. We have a very yeah. dangerous, uh, I honestly, no, this is no happening. We have a very dangerous administration who can't Shaking stop. Shaking people's hands. Sh- and can't stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> he, can't, 
he's lying. He's saying things like Google is putting up a website that'll be up really fast that'll track all the cases. And then Google, are you, like, are you serious? Yeah. And so we're all like, what? And then I was like, really? Google was like, what? Google, Google, Google was like, what? <laughs> it was like, no. And we have Google. a Google statement that, no, this is not happening, that we're working on something that won't be ready for a very long time. And why did he say that? But here's the thing is, like, as a company, you should not be in a position where you have to say, no, the president of the United States is wrong about what we're doing. Here's what we're actually doing. No, who even told, no one said that to him. I can't believe that anyone said that to him. That's why they're limiting his mic time now. (laughs) They're just cutting him off like a comedian, like a a hook. He comes over like a a little Bo Peep. (laughs) You see that he's in the Oval Office. You just see like a a hook come along. (laughs) And then it just goes silent. And you just see him looking around. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, who told him to say that? Or was he like, you know what? I'm just going to fuck it. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to work from the room. Um, he was probably like, oh, what do we do? I'll Google. Google. Yeah, it was something like that. He, he was like, they're making a website and it's going to fast faster than other websites. Like, he's calling out somebody in this. Because Google makes way. websites. That's what they do. <laughs> That's what they do. That's the main business. The same product. It's not search engines. No. It's not mining data. No. You know, it's not any of these any of these other things. It's what they most like. If you want a website knocked up really quickly, Google. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Poor Google. Now they have to be listening to what this fool says. I know. Oh God. You know, they have a Google alert for themselves, you know, next to his on his left cheek. <laughs> like a little speaker to see like Did that fool mention us again. You know, we are not sending this thing to Mars. Yeah. So bizarre. Uh, no, yeah. that's scary. And then yeah. what is this tense come right behind it? There's this tense in the background doing like no, no, like miming. Yeah, cut it. <laughs> You know, like the the finger across the neck thing. The like, throat, oh. like, stop, stop. Yeah. 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 Oh, did he just say Google? Shit. <laughs> That's really, yeah, it's a truth. It's yeah. sad. People Don't are, uh, the social isolation, okay, so stay at home. So for people yeah. like you and me, um, pretty much not a bad deal, right? Yes. And I have to be quite honest, sometimes I'm very antisocial to the point of being, you know, agoraphobic. And I'm like, this is working for me. Yeah. You know, I don't have to make any excuses. Um, I'm, it's just me. I'm here. I don't have, neither of us have any children, so we're not dealing with the, you know, stir craziness of a child who wants yeah. to go outside, be with their friends. We're not afraid that schools will be closed, closed because, frankly, the last time I was a student, you know, <laughs> like yeah. just behind me. Um, right. It's, it's, you know, and you, you live by yourself. I live with a person I can deal with for the most part. <laughs> you know, for long stretches of time. Deal, so we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, my dog is here. Yeah. But also, a lot of people don't know how to fill their time. And during this time, it's good to either put in some kind of structure for yourself if you're at yes. home. Make a schedule. Um, make a schedule. But what are some of the things that you do, Jaquetta, at home to pass the time? Um, I try to get up early. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing. If you you work from home occasionally, for people who work from home, we know that, like, yeah, you can lay around all day, get up at, like, 9, 10, start working at noon, and then work until 8 and just stay in the house all day. But yeah. it doesn't it, – it for me, it destroys any kind of – any semblance of structure. So I like to get up early, as early as I can, Um even if I don't get, take a shower right away, I put on clothing that involves a belt. Oh, okay. And I put on shoes. And I have shoes. You know, I don't wear shoes in the house, but I have some shoes that I wear in the house for work. I know that sounds weird. Yeah. But, but like, work I, just, I just want to feel like, I feel like if I'm wearing a belt and I'm wearing shoes and I'm in my house at the computer doing things, I'm working. Yeah. And that gives me some structure. I am yeah. not, you know, braless with sweatpants. <laughs> that kind right. of thing. That doesn't make me feel like I'm g- getting up and doing anything if I'm going to not be leaving up. So I would say 
get up, get dressed, do your hair. I'm not saying do it like you're going out, you know, to a big mm-hmm. event, but like perform your norm, normal daily actions that you would do if you were going out. Yes, that's true. That helps I, me structure the day. Yeah, I get up and I, I make sure I'm at least showered and I have mm-hmm. a work onesie that I wear. Okay. So it's like a zip-up outfit. It's, it's not belted, though. So not that would belted. Violate, but it's, just, it, it's a one-piece, so that has a kind of formality to it. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, Yes, and you just get yourself set up and get going. Yeah, and getting up early, at least you know you can, like, close your eyes for 20 minutes if you need to later on yeah. during the day. But, um, yeah, getting up early. But what are the things? Like, you, you have books that you read? Yeah, you know? I, have, um, I have tons of books. And, in fact, I've made a shelf. Uh, not because of the COVID-19, but I have a shelf of books that are like books I haven't read yet. Oh, okay. So, so that they're not just mixed in with everything. It's like I have that shelf. It's very apparent. And I, I make sure that I have different genres on there. So okay. I make sure I have some fiction, some nonfiction, you know, whatever. So as I have something to read, I have now all of my magazines. I'm way behind on reading New York Review of Books, The Economist, The New Yorker. So I have a stack of those things, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to get through one every day. Okay. The same like I would if I were taking the subway, right? Good. You take the subway, you're going to read a magazine or a book, same kind of thing. Um, I, build, I build in going out, walks, okay. um, and I make sure to build in meals. And by a meal, I mean, like, I'm not sitting at my desk. Uh, like, I'm getting up, I'm actually having lunch. Uh, and then, of course, like, I'm not going to lie, Netflix. You right. know, there's nothing wrong with a second watch of Shit's Creek. <laughs> and that combats social isolation because even if you're not interacting with a lot of people, the feeling that you get from watching characters that you enjoy interact with each other and in situations that you enjoy can give you a kind of company, I think. Yes, yes. To write you know? it there with everybody. I, I would like um, to add, like, some kind of meditation, mm-hmm. like, Whatever you choose, is some like, yoga or just like something lying that, down, sitting yeah, down. center yourself a little bit and just breathe and be quiet. I think that helps. Um, and it's also time that you can like for those of you that are like working from home and your commute is now cut out. Yeah, that's like ten hours that you're getting each yes, week back getting free time. That is. Um, a time to, like, in addition to reading, which sometimes I do on public translation, like, I'm trying to learn Spanish. So, you know, if there are any, like, skills that you want to work on, like, I have some sewing I'd like to work on, knitting, like, things that you can do from home that are either physically active or really mentally active that aren't your job. Yeah, definitely. Don't time in for that. Yeah, so you can do that. So learn a new skill, do something creative, work. Or take it. If you have the money, online classes are very popular right now. Yeah. And there's all kinds of tutorials out there, and you can learn all kinds of things. Or you can be, like, you know, a super performer, and now is the time to, like, really do some more research in whatever industry you're in. Yeah, Um, work on your stuff. Yeah, so, like, you go when it's time to really hit the ground running again, you are way ahead of everybody else. Yeah, I predict that in about, you know, once this thing ebbs, flows, and then finally, you know, calms down, there'll be a flood on the market of very poorly written screenplays, very bad first novels, (laughs) one-woman shows. I wouldn't even see one after this is over. Yes, right. If you see the words COVID or 19 or virus, don't go see that show in yeah. a year. It is poorly conceived on, in, under duress. Yeah. And probably without input from other people. Oh, my God, right? Nobody to work it out with or anything. Yeah, socially God. isolated theater has got to be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I think people are be so starved to be around other people. They, they won't, won't care. You'll uh, be like coronavirus exclamation point, the musical, and there'll be tons of them. You know, and I honestly, I know this coronavirus is bad and it's, it's deadly. And yeah, the uh, gallows humor, baby, gallows humor. But I'll tell you what, I was just like, what were the, uh, some of the other plagues and things ah. that we had? And I thought about oh, cholera. Remember? Yeah. Cholera. It's eight in the 1800s, right? Yeah. So Early it was 1800s. Like, yeah, it was like a, a big one that came out, and I was just like, what is, you know, I never really looked into what 
cholera. So it is a bacterial disease um, mm-hmm. spread through contaminated water, and it causes diarrhea and dehydration. And it can be fatal within hours, even in healthy people. Oh, I didn't know that. I know that yeah. the British the British took it all over the world. Yeah. Along with their empire. Yeah. So some of the symptoms, like, um, gosh, it can be in you for, like, 14 days, first of all. In your stool for 14 days. Okay. Um, Is that how it's transmitted, too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So through poor um, septic systems or, like, yeah. open sewers, things like that. Yeah, when people are all forced to be at home and and mm-hmm. if you're infected and so, you know, things are unsanitary, yes, it can, yeah. it can spread that way. But, yeah, it's like powerful diarrhea. Um, powerful, sorry. And it's, <laughs> it's just a strange choice of that. It's just like powerful. But, ew, listen, they say that it's a diarrhea due to cholera often has a pale, milky appearance that resembles oh. water in which rice has been rinsed. Ew. Who said that? They said that. Why? Um, they could have the, just left it with a cloudy substance. The Mayo <laughs> Clinic said this. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, and then okay. there's nausea and vomiting, which can last for hours, and dehydration. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's, you know what? I'm so glad that it's not a cholera outbreak. Yeah, it's also not bubonic plague. So what exactly is bubonic plague? It basically, you get... Um, it, they called it black death because I think you get develop these like pustules, nose and things like that. Yeah, and then you just kick it basically. Um, so during the the black death, one of the problems was that people were dying so quickly that they couldn't dispose of the bodies, and of course the bodies were continuing to infect people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So it it you know it, it caused the collapse of the feudal system. It apparently knocked the Vikings out which is why, you know, we don't have as many things here named after Leif Erikson as we could. Um, <laughs> which is a loss. Yeah, which is a great loss. That's one of the tragedies of the Black Death. Um, yeah, bubonic plague. And like I said, it's still around today. I think it's in Madagascar. They have outbreaks of it. And by outbreaks, I mean like five, six people. Um, oh. it, it, it goes around, you know. One of the other great outbreaks in here, and I've never heard it referred to this way, is... Uh, happened in 1492. They call it the Columbian Exchange. Oh, I haven't so heard this, of that. Yeah, well, this when the Spanish came to the Caribbean, you know, and kicked off this whole great thing we have going on over here with, um, and Christopher Columbus, when he when they encountered people, they brought uh, smallpox, measles, ah. and plague to groups of people who had never ex- had uh, exposure to it. Mm. So, like Africans have always had exposure to whatever diseases Europeans have because of the geography. Yeah. But in the quote-unquote new world, these, these, something like smallpox, measles, had never touched the population before and wiped out people and helped the Europeans colonize. So there was simply no one, you know, there were very few people left standing to fight them. I see. Um, and then when they realized that their contact was killing Native people, they were like, well, who can we have contact with that can work these fields for us? And that would be my people. Oh. We, are, we are immune to a lot of diseases that are, you know, circulating through Europe. Okay. But they call it the Columbian Exchange, which is just, what a euphemism. Yeah. The Columbian yeah. Exchange. The, 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 the Columbian Exchange. <laughs> is that they really had to soften that up instead of mm-hmm. calling it a plague or a, a virus plague. or the death. Because, well, it was so many things. It was smallpox. It was measles. It was bubonic plague. It was the common cold. You know, yeah, but it was, the, it's, it was the word everything. Exchange applies yeah. well, that you get they, something yeah, in return. I, I guess they got American return. I don't know. They, <laughs> they got the New World in return. Yeah. It seems like an uneven exchange to me, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the Colombian exchange. Oh, but yeah, God. these and and then of course Spanish flu, which everyone's heard about. That was in, in 1918. So mm-hmm. the coronavirus has you know when compared to these other flus. Seems kind of tame. Yeah, exactly. You know? But yeah, what we're we're seeing... not going to lose twenty percent of the population. You know, right. we're not going to be losing. You know, it's not going to destroy capitalism like the bubonic plague destroyed feudalism. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to see what's going to happen. I mean, it, we'll I see. Think that, I think that times, right? It it really is. It's something that we're watching in real time happen, and we're watching 
I mean, you just connected through television and social media and everything and everybody and your businesses. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Podcasts such as ours. <laughs> such as this lovely podcast here. Yeah. Let the yeah. sunshine in. So, right. Yeah. Sunshine is the best disinfectant. So. Yeah. The way you um, say that doesn't sound very upbeat. You're like, ah, throw a little sunshine on it. It'll be disinfected. That's right. Um, yeah, no, but we're watching it happen. I think that's the difference with the other plagues. It was all more No one knew what was going on. Yeah, right. they didn't know how big it was. They didn't know how, you know, they just knew people were sick, people were dying. They're not We're getting... in real time with it. Yeah. Which is strange. I mean, I get, like, going back to your point of, of writing, it'll be very interesting for people who are keeping diaries now. Yeah. Or oh, what a great to, idea. To look at those diaries um, in the future, as opposed to looking at it from the point of view of the media. Because I don't watch television, but when I occasionally do get a little snippet of something where I read something about, you know, like through Fox, and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> like none of that. I'm in New York City. You know what I mean? You read stuff, you're like, no, but I, we're in the New York City metro area. Like, it's, I don't want to say things are fine, but when mm-hmm. I go out on the streets here in my neighborhood, it's, the people aren't, you know, it's like uh, there's more people around mm-hmm. because, you know, no one can go to work. But there's no sense. I, I'm not feeling a panic. I was in Grand Central two, a week and a half ago. I, you know, you people yeah. are just getting on the train. Well, a week and a half ago was a different story because we, we were still walking around like, hmm, what should we be doing? Yeah. And well, things you know, started. Because of a lack of leadership. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to figure it out ourselves, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, let's we're going to see where leadership rises and everyone just, you know, use your common sense and follow yeah. what the doctors say. And, and I hope, I just, you know, I'm hoping it's more of, you know, like an outbreak, the movie kind of thing, and less like a Stephen King, the fan kind of a thing. <laughs> because that's where I feel that, that, you know, it can go either way. Well, keep it in mind, you know, some people are like economically, like financially, people are suffering like right yes. now because they, they realize that especially like, People in restaurant work in restaurants. Service workers, so, so any kind uh, of service worker, entertainers. You know, pe- right, they're all. Everybody is now suddenly their income is pulled out right from under mm-hmm. their feet. Okay. Now, it's it's hopefully there will be some kind of stimulus or some help, but but you I know think, that's not going to get to us. They're they're already talking about bailing a bank. I'm like, I haven't heard a single bank cough or sneeze. Yes. <laughs> Really, they're like, oh, we're going to give up trillion. I'm like, why don't you just pass that money out to people? Yeah, yeah, I think that's got to be, I mean. Or or you could lend it to some bank, and then in six months, they're going to lend it to me at, like, 18% yeah. APR. <laughs> like, right, on. exactly, right. Um, yeah. But it also means that, like, a lot of businesses will suffer, and then at the end of the year, and this is the people who are salaried, if you work for a corporation, yeah. there can be a lot of layoffs because the profits aren't going to be there. And, the, and your bonuses dry up. The CEOs are going to have to satisfy the stockholders, and they're going to yeah. have to show a profit by letting people go instead of reducing their own salaries. Oh, no. And I think that, you know, where they say never let a crisis be wasted, I think we're going to see a lot of antisocial behavior from corporations. This is an opportunity to get rid of people. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to, to bring up, like to maybe end on a kind of a positive yeah. note. So if you, you know, thinking about contagion and uh, the Hallmark Channel has brought us <laughs> some spring fever movies. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I just thought I'd, you know, tell, us, uh, tell our listeners about a couple of them. There are four uh, spring fever movies. There's one called um, "Your Bacon Me Crazy." Oh, well, it's got bacon, bacon in the bacon. title. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be good. "Your Bacon Me Crazy," starring Natalie Hall and Michael Ratty. I prefer it when they have three names, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> Cleo, a spunky young chef with a popular food truck, becomes a favorite among the bustling and competitive local food scene. But when Gabe, 
the handsome chef of a rival food truck parks across the street, Cleo's goal to win a local food truck competition takes a turn, and they don't say what kind of turn that is. No, just go. So you're going to have to tune in and find out. You're going to have to tune in and find out. Um, Here's uh, another one, a quick Nature of Love. Ooh. Uh, Yeah, starring Emily Ullerup and Christopher Russell. It says, city girl Katie, that out out there, no relation. No relation. Is writing a magazine feature on a glamping resort. (laughs) Okay. Far from sporty, which makes sense because it's glamping. Mm-hmm. She faces her fears trying to camp activity. I don't at a glamping resort. The activity is like champagne. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like it's like foot rubs by you know by the lake, whatever. Right. So right. she faces her fears trying the camp activities with help from Will, a rugged outdoorsman and nature hubba. guide. Hubba hubba. hubba. Um, but I wanted to leave you with this one because I think we've heard this character before, but I'm not sure. Just My Type, starring Bethany Joy Lenz, thank you for three names, and Brett Dalton. It says, pop culture writer and aspiring novelist Vanessa Sills lands the interview of a lifetime with the illustrious, elusive, and reclusive mystery author Martin Claiborne. Haven't we heard about this guy before in a in a Hallmark TV yes. Original. Yes. Wasn't he run familiar. down by accident on a bicycle, and then uh, that sparked a romance? I feel like that happened. I'm sure it happened multiple times. But he's this this character that is a he's a mystery writer. Uh, I think sometimes he's a romance writer, but he's always on the down low about it. Oh, you know, right. everyone's trying to find out who the mystery writer is. No one yeah. cares. <laughs> like I read lots of mystery. Yeah, yeah. I, I can barely remember their names. I remember the name of the detective. So she has an interview with Martin Claiborne and his quaint rural, rural town, only to realize her own aspirations, dreams, and romantic life have taken a back seat. When she returns home, a mysterious gift arrives from Martin. I don't know what that means. A mysterious gift. <laughs> a mysterious. When you remind, what is a mysterious gift? I would think if I saw a mysterious gift, it's definitely in a box, and it's not like okay. a, a bag. It's not a bag. No, it's a box, and mm-hmm. it's got some kind of ribbon on it, but it's not festive. Uh, oh, it's not festive. Not a festive ribbon, but it's a box with a ribbon on it, and it could be, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking the same thing, but my the in my mind, the box is, like, wrapped in, like, matte black paper and has, like, Black ribbon, but no bow. That, I was thinking black ribbon too, but I, it was like I, maybe a natural. I didn't have a bow, but it was you black like ribbon, a, like a brown paper, that kind of thing. No, it was definitely a black box with a black, black box, but so too, you know, ominous. <laughs> well, that's mysterious, right? But I guess this is a romance, so it's probably pink yeah. box, pink ribbon. She then makes a surprise decision and takes her own advice to go boldly in the direction of her dreams and live the life she imagines. And that is, that's happening in Just My Type. Well, so these sound like good companions. Yeah, um, Just cheer, My Type, cheer, Baking Me Crazy, yeah. and then um, Nature of Love. So if you have to self-quarantine and you need some romance while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of romance, everybody. Oh, no. Um, please, while you're, you're, you're uh, holed up during your own quarantine, your self-quarantine, um, and with your, you're with your loved one of choice. Be mm-hmm. safe, because we don't need. A yes, I was of, thinking about that too. There's going to be like a lot of, you know, COVIDia. Yeah, little babies, <laughs> and so if you count that, like in nine months, it'll be like yeah. what December, January, right? Yeah, it'll be some very, you know, surprise. People will be surprised in about a month from now. Yeah, and so they're going to get, like, the birth of a lot of Capricorns. Is that what the world needs? Like, all these people, like, do your work. They're going to have real weird names like Covidia. Yeah. You know they will because this is America. (laughs) (laughs) So be safe that way, too, everybody. Yeah, uh, be safe. Uh, Take it seriously. Yeah, take it seriously. Wrap up. Wash your hands. Wash everything. Just keep it keep it clean. Keep everything clean. And good luck. Um, 
Hopefully we'll, I mean, hopefully we'll be back next week with another podcast. It may be of this format, or we may be able to actually get in the, in the same state together. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We'll see. But we're taking it show by show, people. And yeah, keep shining that you. light, that sunlight, that disinfectant. The sunlight is the best disinfectant, everyone. So um, stay safe, be healthy, um, you know, and we're all together in this, and we'll get through it together. Well, I'm not. I'm self-isolating. So you, <laughs> we're we're all getting through it together, but alone. We're all in this together, alone. Yes, exactly. That's American style, right there. That's right. how we do a virus. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks.